And I'll, and I'll add uh, to your comment on El Dorado Cantina. Yeah. The food, the food there is good, and uh, sapphires next door not too shabby either. So, uh, <laughs> makes, <laughs> makes for a decent one-two punch. Peekaboo, you fucks you! I see you, you motherfucker. Do you want to talk, or do you want to bet? We had two bags of grass, seventy-five pellets of mescaline. Five sheets of high-powered water acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, lappers, also a quarter tequila, quarter rum, case of beer, pint of raw ether, two dozen animals. Counting cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal, it's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's illegal, too. Yeah, maybe after 9-11 where everybody gets sensitive. Thanks a lot, Vinmod. Alrighty, guys, and welcome back to Vegas Confessions, episode 43. We have an exciting one. We have a good friend of the podcast on the show today, and let me just go ahead and introduce him now. We have our buddy Saul on, and as always, I'm your host, Julian, joined by my two co-hosts. I'm Kelly. Again, guys, I wanted to have Saul on because, you know, recently he'd moved to Vegas within the last year. So I thought, who better than to ask, you know, questions related to Vegas? We've kind of stemmed away from it a little bit because we haven't been besides Eric. And, you know, we wanted to know what what is that like? So, guys, if you want to go ahead and start with some questions for him, I can start it off here and then you guys can chime in. Uh, we'll do some uh, shout outs and a couple topics down the road. That way we can get this recorded and just go from there. Bright light city gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I'm just a devil with love to spare. So Viva Las Vegas. Viva so the first one, so I had for you. Okay. First question I have for you, brother. Was Vegas already in your future plans moving there? Yeah, my wife and I had discussed it for like a good uh, five years prior. Like most instances, life just got in the way. You know, we ended up getting married, had a kid, and owned a home in California. So making the move wasn't all that easy. Right. And uh, it was actually when we were out here in like, uh, I think it was like September of 2017. We were talking to uh, the Uber driver that was driving us around. He was telling us how he had just bought a house, and he let us know like how much he paid and how easy it was. And me and my wife just kind of looked at each other, like you know, our, our jaws dropped. Like we paid how much for a house? Like you know, coming from <laughs> Southern California, you know, for a small little thirteen, fourteen hundred square foot home where it can you know run you over a half a million dollars. You know, it's just like wow. It's, Let's let's actually do it. You know, we've been talking about it for five years plus. Let's you know, let's actually do it. So when we got home that that week, we got a hold of our uh, one of our good friends who's a, a realtor and broker, and uh, we got our house listed in, uh, in Dublin, in Southern California, and we started home shopping out here. And uh, yeah, so I mean that that's really how it happened. Uh, you know, over the course of five years plus talking about it, it just took the conversation of. Uh, an Uber or a Lyft driver to really like convince us to make us see the bigger picture. Very cool. Any big changes you've seen since you've made the move? 
the one thing you hear all the time, like as a tourist, when you're in with a taxi or an Uber or Lyft driver, is how there's always uh, constructions on the roads or on the freeways. Okay. And it's like so true. It's just, you know, they move on from one project and they just start like another project a mile down the road. <laughs> uh, so being over here on the east side, I'm kind of near um, Eastern and also by Maryland. It seems like the whole, you know, 13, 14 months that we've been out here, it's just been like nonstop construction. You know, they go from one part of the street, they just move a little bit north and a little bit north. So it's been cool seeing like all the um, construction that's going on near like UNLV area. Yeah. Uh, from, from when we first moved out here to like what it is now, it's a total 180. They got rid of a lot of the older uh, shopping centers and stuff like that. They're just putting new development new uh new housing for the students a lot of a ton of new restaurants and little bars out here so uh, the sketchiness of the east side is kind of going away you see a lot of new development going on over here so it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see all that going on nice and it's funny because i was you know i was putting my questions together the other day and it I was looking at, you know, questions for interviewing, you know, people Las Vegas and stuff. And that's one thing that kept popping up is Californians moving to Vegas because it's so much cheaper, you know. So we might be there My in the God, future, man. hopefully. <laughs> the, the property taxes alone can convince you to make the move, man. It's just like it's astonishing how less expensive things are out here. Now, Saul, for, for those of us who aren't Las Vegas geography talented how far yeah. away from the strip do you is your property oh uh i'm probably like between a mile and a half and two miles to the strip i'm right off of um my main cross street is desert Inn. so like from my front yard i see the uh the wind the encore and like a piece of the venetian okay and then uh, yeah i can see the the stratosphere and the fountain blue or the drew whatever you want to call it awesome how now how as opposed to your Southern California old lifestyle and old occupation and jobs, what is the is it pretty comparable in what you what you guys make? It's kind of hard for me to answer that, just because I totally got into a different uh, profession when I got out here. I'm not doing uh, real estate full time, so it's really it's up to me how much money I'm going to make for the month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, my wife um, got into a similar field, uh, not exactly the same, but something similar, and she actually makes a little bit more money. Okay. So, uh, and cost of living yeah, should I be know, less, right? Yeah, cost of living is less out here, obviously. But then it's also um, the way I always tell people it's, it's like a hustler's uh, heaven out here. You know, if, <laughs> yeah. if you're into like making money off of a commission or like side hustles and stuff like that, it, you, know, you can make a lot of money out here. But I think if you just take like a normal nine to five job, you know, where you're getting paid hourly, right? You might take you might take a bit of a hit on your hourly wage. Okay. But if uh, yeah, if you're like one of those people that are going to work for a commission or something like that, it seems like you have a better opportunity on here. Nice. That's good to know. So as somebody who gambles, I would say somewhat regularly, at least of what I know of your gambling habits, yeah. has, it, has it been difficult having all of these casinos right outside your door? keeping everything, you know, at a, uh, I guess, a reasonable level? Yeah, like the first six months, I mean, I was definitely in the casinos, you know, more often than I should have been. <laughs> and, you know, I definitely panicked after a few months when I took a look at my bank account. But, uh, right. yeah, you know, <laughs> just you got to learn to be disciplined, I guess, learn to stay away. And uh, really what's, what's more difficult is like the smaller little casinos that are spread out all over town, like, you know, hole-in-the-wall dive bars have you know, tabletop video poker and blackjack and Keno and all that stuff. So even if you just want to stop off and have a, you know, a couple of beers, you end up, you know, slipping in a 20 or a couple of 20s into the machine. And 
all of a sudden what should have been a $25 bar tab turns into like $65, you know, $75, you know, once you add everything up. But yeah, I mean, for the most part now, it's just primarily when we have family or friends in town is when we find ourselves like either in downtown or the Strip. With it being Las Vegas and us originally being from Southern California, it seems like almost every weekend someone's in, you know, vacationing here on the, in Las Vegas. So it's kind of hard to... Uh, draw the line in the sand and say like, all right, we're going to go out and visit these people this weekend, but we're not going to visit these people you know, the next weekend or so. Right. Um, but yeah, self-discipline and just knowing when, when is the appropriate time to step into the casino and when is the, uh, the best time to stay away. Yeah. So are, uh, locals places, um, more, do you frequent the locals joints more often than the strip? Yeah, I mean, I, I stay away from the strip like the plague. If, if, if I'm ever in the casino, it's usually going to be in, uh, in downtown. Mm-hmm. And the same old haunts, El Cortez, uh, Plaza, you know, Four Queens. Yeah, I would say maybe about like six or nine months ago, I started venturing out to um, the North Las Vegas and, and just to check out some of the, uh, the other casinos that I would never find myself in, like uh, Jerry's Nugget and yeah. uh, Silver Nugget Casinos. Do you ever go to Aliante? You know, no, and I, I drive by there like all the time now. I find myself in that area, you know, usually at least once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I, I was actually working with a, a couple that lived like maybe two blocks from there. And because uh, I was short on time, I didn't get the, the opportunity to go go inside. But from what I can tell, like from the exterior, just looking at the Yelp, it looks almost like a, like a Red Rock casino just on, you know, the, the opposite side of town. It looks nice. You know, I, I, I've been meaning to get out there and uh, check it out. Super nice relative to the surrounding area. I, I mean, exactly, I think yeah. it, it, it's really a nice property, and uh, you you almost don't understand why it's that nice where it is. Yeah, yeah. Just from what I could tell, just from driving by, taking a look at the, the immediate area and the grounds and all that, it looks really nice. So yeah, I definitely want to make the trek out there and check that out. Were the downtown joints um, where you used to play when you were when you were a visitor, when you were a tourist? Yeah. Uh, Yes and no. Uh, the only one that I haven't really gone back to all that much, which is uh, funny because I was like a diehard loyalist, was the downtown Grand. Mm-hmm. And uh, out of my last 30 trips as a visitor, I had about like 28 trips that I stood there at downtown Grand. But it was really my uh, my home base. But so for whatever reason, we just don't go back there anymore. But uh, yeah, we still frequent uh, Al Cortez, the Plaza, Four Queens, Binions, you know, just all the, the standard downtown casinos. Yeah, yeah, actually, Al Cortez, we use it kind of like as a, I probably shouldn't be saying this on the radio, but we, <laughs> we use it like almost as a garage, you know, so whenever we're going to downtown, we go like, let's just go park at the Al Cortez because it's so easy to valet there. And you just, you walk out and you're like, you're in the prime, you know, real estate of uh, downtown Las Vegas right there. So um, we do play a lot there and, you know, we do give them a lot of our business, but yeah, we use that place like a garage almost. It's all awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think they'll make that trade. Yeah, right. Yeah. Any day of the week. So any hole in the wall discoveries like restaurants or casinos, family setting places that you think visitors should check out? Yeah. Casinos, I would definitely recommend, you know, I know it's hard, like, when you're only in town for a couple of days, you yeah. don't really want to get away from like, all, like, the, the familiar places. But if, you know, if you're looking for a, a fun way to uh, pass a few hours, I would definitely check out uh, Jerry's Casino and the Silver Nugget there in uh, North Las Vegas. It's not too far from downtown. Okay. Definitely, like, local spots. Um, it's almost like going to uh, 
a casino like in the middle the middle of your your grandmother's living room you know like very homey type of feel you definitely see like the same 10 15 20 faces over and over you learn to recognize people right away yeah so yeah those are some cool places i would check off uh, the list if, if you definitely have the time okay as far as um restaurants the one that my wife and i just discovered uh, a few weeks back it's um it's called el dorado cantina and okay. it's basically just behind like the fashion show mall on uh, Sammy Davis Jr. You know, we say we discovered it, but it's funny because when you're driving on the freeways, you see a ton of billboards for it. Yeah. They're always advertising like their their world famous tableside guacamole. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome place. And the funny thing is, it's like literally right next to the strip club. Like they're they're in the same building in the same little uh, shopping center, <laughs> like side by side door. So it's like you can totally kill two birds with one stone. And, get your Mexican dinner and then hop on over to the strip club after. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's really funny how close they are to each other. This place is really cool though, because the happy hours on Mondays is 25% off of your bill. And that includes um, alcohol and nice. it runs, uh, it runs 24 hours straight. So it goes on from uh, midnight to midnight Monday. And then on, uh, on Tuesday, same thing, midnight to midnight, they have $6 um, Don Julio 1942 shots which is like a skill of the deal. You know? I mean, that's, that's the best I've ever seen. So yeah, that, that's definitely a cool place. Okay. And, uh, yeah. One other like local spot that we never really went, like we've heard about it, but we never even thought about going there as visitors. Casa de Amori. It's over on uh, Tropicana. It's not too far off the strip, but it's this really cool, like old school Italian restaurant that they, they open up for, uh, for dinner and, and uh, at five o'clock. And besides that, they're closed the rest of the day. But like really dark, they got like really cool uh, like lounge music playing on the inside, pianist guy and all that stuff. And uh, it's like a typical Italian restaurant, but in the back they have a, a tiki bar, which is like a total 180 from the restaurant, like the theme and everything. Nice. But yeah, it's, it's just awesome, man. Like awesome, good deals on the food, drinks are really good, and uh, you know it's not too far from the strip. So if you have a couple of hours, it's definitely a place to check out. Nice. Now. Yeah. I know you're a pretty nice guy, and we hear all the time, you know, the locals hate when visitors discover their spots and stuff. Have you found yourself hating the tourists yet? <laughs> only when I'm dri- only when I'm driving, when I see all, like, the California or Utah or Arizona license plates, you know, it's just like, you know that they're not from around here. Yeah. They're just clog- clogging up your roads. But no, man, uh, other than that, it's like, you know, it's, it's super cool, like, you know, especially when you meet people from out of town and they find out you're a local, they start asking you, like, all these questions. Yeah, it's fun, like, recommending things to people to try for the first time. And then, you know, more often than not, you don't, you don't get to follow up with them to see if you have a good time. But, you know, like, they're gonna, the experience is going to be uh, worthwhile for them. And how much of an impact do you see the Raiders being for Las Vegas, good or bad? Oh, well, I think it's going to be good, like, you know, economy-wise. I mean, there's just so much construction going on there at the uh, the stadium and around the stadium. And then they got their uh, their practice facility that's going up over in Anderson. Yeah. So it's going to be good for the local economy. You know, it's going to be good for the small, you know, mom-and-pop-owned, like, little dive bars and restaurants, you know. And then, of course, you know, the casinos and the bigger uh, chain restaurants and bars are going to see a big uh, influx of people coming in as well. It'll be interesting to see what the um, the the crime and like arrest, you know, how big of an increase it's going to be, like on Sundays and Mondays when the football's going on. Yeah. Because I mean, there's no parking like anywhere near the stadium, so a lot of these people are going to be taking um, 
Ubers and Lyfts back to the Strip or even making the walk back to the Strip. So we're all eagerly anticipating to see what like the crowds are going to be like uh, before and after the game and how intoxicated everyone will be. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's you know I'm curious to see what it's going to be like, but uh, I think just driving back to uh, Southern California for people that are driving in for the game or something is probably going to you know really insane. You know, the traffic is because it's going to throw hundreds, if not thousands, of more cars on the road. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's I think it's going to rock. I mean, I, I'm surprised how many uh, license plates I see out here with the uh, the Raiders emblems. Yeah. Probably as many as I do of the Golden Ice uh, license plates with the the emblems on them. Nice. So yeah, pe- people are excited, man. Locals are excited. People are excited to see their uh, their home values go up and a bunch of construction going on everywhere. So it's, it should be cool. Very cool. Gives us another reason to make it make it to a game on our favorite exactly. team there. Another Vegas trip planned. That's for sure. Yeah. Another Chicago's plan. That's right. <laughs> Eric, you got any more, bud? You know, you mentioned the appreciation in the real estate in Las Vegas and the surrounding area. Um, and, and by the way, uh, if and when I do move to Las Vegas, that will, will be my uh, realtor. realtor. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. There we go. As a as a real estate professional, do you see further appreciation coming, or are we trending towards an overvalued situation like we had uh, with the bubble in the past? Yeah, you know, I, I don't see a overvaluation. I think the uh, the scenarios are just different, the way things are going on you know, 10, 12, 14 years ago, to the way things are happening now. The, I think the biggest appreciation is going to be for, like, properties on the Strip, so, like, the high-rise condos and, and condos as well there in the immediate area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the further away you're going to get from the stadium, the less of an impact you're going to see on property values. But in general, overall, yeah, values are still are still uh, continuing to rise. We'll see the biggest jump really like in the, uh, the actual strip properties or properties there near the uh, the southwest area where the uh, the stadium's going to be at. Okay, and I'll, and I'll add uh, to your comment on El Dorado Cantina. Yeah. The food, the food there is good, and uh, Sapphire's next door not too shabby either. So, uh, <laughs> makes, <laughs> makes for a decent one-two punch. You know what I mean? Yeah, kill, kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, what, what would you say some pros and some cons are of living in Las Vegas? Yeah, cons would be you know obviously if you don't have the discipline, if you know if you really love to gamble, it's going to be hard to stay away from either you know the big casinos or the small little hole in the wall casinos. The, the slot parlors like Dottie's and, you know, there's there's a PT's on every corner out here. That's probably one thing to watch out for. You know, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't recommend it for someone that has a gambling problem or someone who uh, has an alcohol problem. You know, it's you can't throw a rock without uh, hitting a liquor store out right. here. So that's really it. I mean, the weather's not bad. You know, we have awesome weather for nine months, ten months out of the year. It's just kind of, you know, July and August that can be a little bit of a – excruciating yeah yeah other than that like I, I don't really see a downside like out here i find that um we're more family oriented like my family like my son goes uh we're able to send him to a private school now nice. right down the street from our house he's really the one that's enjoying las vegas more than like my wife and i he's, he's <laughs> getting to reap all, all the rewards while her and i are you know working six seven days a week <laughs> uh, but yeah pros are just like there's never um a boring day out here you know it's always yeah. like hey what can we do today and we'll just hop on like yelp or go on vegas eater or you know check the review journal to see what's going on this weekend 
there's always like fun um fun events going on like in downtown the you know the, the market in the alleys and then first fridays in downtown and you know there's, there's just a bunch of like really cool stuff that brings the community out here together yeah. and especially like uh the artistic community there like in the arts district and you know different parts of downtown and you really do start like running into the same people over and over the same familiar faces um so yeah after like you know a handful of months you start like recognizing people and slowly but surely you know you become um friendly and acquaintances and it, yeah it, it's, it's awesome i love it out here so if you had to give any advice to the mayor of las vegas on how to improve it what would you say Oh man, if you could install like uh, outdoor air conditioners or like blisters, <laughs> like, <laughs> every every single block, like everywhere, that'd be great. The one thing I don't understand, what I always complain to my wife about when we go shopping somewhere, is how the the parking lots are not all covered parking. You know, like you go to these nice business uh, complexes, yeah, and they'll have, you know, let's, let's say for example. Uh, 100 parking spots only like 20 will be under like uh, a patio covered patio area oh, okay. and the rest will be completely exposed to the elements what a lot of people don't realize out here is you know the winters get really windy and cold and rainy out here and then obviously the summers are like you know really hot yeah so it, it would make so much more sense if like the majority of the parking spots were covered parking especially for the heat like i don't know why they don't do that or why you don't orientate the uh, parking lots so that they're catching more shade like when the sun is either you know rising or setting it seems like the parking out here is always like smack dab under the sun so yeah that, that'd be my biggest uh piece of advice you know? okay let's get some more shade more some more shade going on in this town Saul wants more shadiness i like solar. <laughs> bring more solar to vegas yeah so last question from me, brother, and it's funny because I knew Eric, we were going to ask some of the similar questions, and that was one I had for him, was a gambling bug and the itch still there for you. But my last question is, so now that you're living there, the Strip or downtown? Oh, downtown all day, every day. I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. You guys got any more questions for him? No, we hope to see you uh, and be neighbors pretty soon. Yeah, that's right. We hope to see you soon, brother. We know we're crunching on time. We appreciate you taking the time to come on with us, man. And again, we'd love to have you back in the future. And as soon as we get out there, we look forward to hanging out with you, my friend. Oh, I appreciate you guys bringing me on the show. This is one of my favorite podcasts. been listening since uh, episode one, obviously. Thank you. You love me. You really love me. Yeah, and of course, you know, anytime, anytime you know anybody who's looking to buy, sell, or invest out here, hashtag give Saul a call, 702-329-7285. <laughs> yeah, man, any, anytime you guys want to have me back on, uh, I'd love to share, you know, whatever uh, whatever information I can share on your guys' uh, podcast. Awesome. Any chance we could any chance we could get the news that we can use? <laughs> the, Las, the Las Vegas news that you can use. I love it. It's been a while. It's been a while. A lot of those uh, those have been put in the, uh, the the security chest, waiting to come back out. All we need them, buddy. We miss them, man. <laughs> They're in the archives. <laughs> They're in the archives. Yeah. Well, it was good talking to you, Saul. Yeah, likewise. And of course, you know, anytime you guys are in town, hit me up. Uh, I always try to make it out whenever someone I know is in town, especially from the uh, the Twitter the Twitterverse. Yeah. Um, 
you know, sometimes it just it gets a little bit difficult because uh, you know life gets in the way, work gets in the way, and all that. Yeah. yeah anytime you guys are in town, let me know, and I'll you know I'll go out of my way to make sure to stop by, even if it's just for one drink. You know, I always like to catch up with you guys. Sounds good, Sally. We appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy the grasshoppers. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care, and uh, we will talk soon. Yes, Take sir. Take care, Sally. Thank you. You got it. Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump into some shout-outs. Eric, you got any shout-outs, brother? Yeah. All right, so my shout-out goes to Dave Grossman at Miles Talk. Uh, he is a loyalty program and credit card rewards consultant. He runs a, I'll call him a travel blog, okay. uh, at uh, milestalk.com. And he shared some information that turned into $500 in free play for him. Very cool. Yeah, so a special hat tip to Dave. Uh, it's going to bring me back to New England to pick up some uh, offers from MGM Springfield. And he mentioned that uh, Encore Boston Harbor, based on tier status, is giving up to 500 in free play to come back in. Nice. Yeah, so thanks, Dave. So my first shout-out is going out to... A very popular YouTuber, well, two of them actually, Matt Bridger and Nikki Fromage. They will be in Vegas this week, and these guys, when they go to Vegas, they always put up their slot play. They'll take strolls around Vegas and live stream and add it on YouTube, and they always have a good time. Uh, Matt Bridger, he always likes to play slots and have his Budweiser's, and he just has the best time. So if you guys haven't checked out Matt Bridger's YouTube channel, I recommend it highly. This guy's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and it's funnier, but as the video gets longer, you can tell when the drinks start kicking in because he's like, all right, I'm going to be done after this. And then the next thing you know, bam, he's at it again. So, again, our type of people, huge shout out to those guys. Also, we have a birthday shout out to our buddy Todd Goddess from, I believe it's Minnesota. He just had a birthday a couple days ago. So happy birthday shout out to you, buddy. Happy birthday, bud. And then the last one, you might get a kick out of this one. Pat Osborg on Twitter. So we had an awesome positive review and they overheard the show and it was episode 42, the last one. And and this person went on Twitter and was like, hey, really enjoying the content. Keep it up. We appreciate it. And again, I, I, I answered back basically with, hey, buddy, thank you. I appreciate it, Pat. Look forward to hanging out with you. If you're ever in Vegas with us, you know, dr- drinks are on us. Look forward to having a good time. Thank you, sir. Really do appreciate the feedback. Well, five minutes later, the reply with, uh, LOL, I'm actually a female. I'm 72 years old, but I'm really enjoying the podcast and what you guys talk about. You guys are right up my alley. And she goes, I'm actually going to probably change my Twitter name to Trisha because Pat gets mistaken for a male's name all the time. So again, a huge apology. I'm sorry, Pat. But again, thank you for the positive feedback. It does mean a lot. That's awesome. I mean, I, I don't think we you know, really look into the demographics of our listenership. Right. right. But a 72-year-old female, I, yes. I I wouldn't have pegged we'd have one listener that met that demographic. So, Pat, thanks for listening, and, uh, you know, uh, stay along for the ride. <laughs> Go figure. For, just leave it to me to fuck that all up. <laughs> <laughs> 
So here's here's another awesome uh, email that just popped up as I was checking up the emails recently, and you might get a kick out of this one too, and it's too bad Cal had to leave because I think she would really like this. It says, Hi guys, my name is Jana. I just wanted to take a minute and let y'all know that I love, love, love your podcast. I am currently on bed rest from a back injury, so I thought I'd take the time to introduce myself and let you know how I came to find you. Full disclosure, I'm on heavy pain meds, so I hope this is making sense. <laughs> says, anyway, I love everything Vegas, and I am a huge craps player. And it's only been in the last six months that I have started listening to podcasts. I would always give my husband shit about listening to his football podcast. I never really understood why he did it. Well, I watched a YouTuber recently named Jeremy with Color Up. Also, guys, a really good YouTube channel. And he does crap strategies and all things craps. He happened to mention a podcast called You Can Bet On That. And I absolutely fell in love listening to them. During the binge listening... To Dr. Mark and Mike, they were also listing a lot of other podcasts, and yours was highly recommended. So here I am binge listening to you guys <laughs> as I type this. As I mentioned, I love to play craps. In March of 2009, I booked a surprise trip for my husband's 48th birthday. Neither one of us had ever been to Vegas before, so I planned the whole thing, called his boss, and asked for a week off without telling my hubby. When it came time, I picked him up for lunch one day and told him, to drive to the airport and wouldn't tell him where we were going. He didn't know until they slapped the luggage tags on. He was so stoked. We had five days, four nights, and it was the most amazing time. I don't even think we gambled much, but one thing I discovered is I knew I wanted to learn craps. We were walking out of Excalibur and the craps table erupted in excitement. We stopped and watched even though I didn't know what was going on. I vowed to learn how to play. Anyway, after coming home, I turned on YouTube to see if I can find any videos to help me understand this game. And then, lo and behold, I found Color Up. But we booked our second trip in November. I put all of my newly found information to work while trying to stay at the RIV, R-I-P, to an awesome place. I was able to double up on my buy-in and I had so much fun. It was the beginning of a long and happy relationship. <laughs> we have been going two times a year ever since. Okay, so back to your podcast. I, can, I can't tell you how much I am enjoying listening to y'all. I told my husband I wanted to go to one of these get-togethers one day so I can just meet you guys. And my husband thinks I'm turned into some kind of stalker or something. But honestly, I am so in love with everything Vegas and being able to listen to you guys talk about gambling and your stories. It helps scratch the itch until we can get there again. I will head over to do a review on the podcast as soon as I can. Hope to grow strong with you guys, and I'm very glad I found you guys. Again, Jana, thank you so much. She also said, thanks, guys, and I hope I didn't ramble too much. Jana, you are awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, Jana, first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, most of our listeners are on painkillers, so don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> if they weren't before, they are after. It's okay. It comes to the territory. But um, get well, feel well, and uh, hope to meet you at a crap stable soon. We got an e another email. It says, Hello, Kelly, Julian, and Eric. First of all, thanks for putting together a great show. I know it's a lot of work, and just so you know, it's very much appreciated. I have a question for you guys, and if you guys can answer on the show, it would really be great. This gentleman's name is, is Graham. He says, I'm a regular but not super frequent visitor to Las Vegas. Usually two trips, 
two trips a year, I'm from Vancouver, and I understand that no one should ch chase comps, but I would appreciate your advice on how I can maximize them. When I'm doing a solo trip, I usually stay downtown with my buddies, but if my fiance comes, I usually like to kick it up a notch and stay on the strip. Encore Tower Suites is my favorite by far. I'm a recreational gambler only, nowhere even close to an AP, and I mostly slick, stick to table games with 3-2 blackjack. Following basic strategy and playing the pass line and come bets on craps with the frequent two-way hard way bet and low limits to bring the dealers into the game. But I'm not a slot player, but I really do enjoy the game of Wheel of Fortune. So if spending some time at a $1 or $5 machine for a while would move the needle on comps, I'd consider it. Absolute ba max bankroll would be about $2,000. I am assuming that that bankroll means the amount I'd be willing, but if miserable if I lose that over the course of a trip. Eric, I'm guessing it's probably not worth my time at all to gamble at Encore slash win. In search of comps and that, I'd be better off just looking for the best deals at the property through Amex, find hotels and resorts. Canada, Amen. Canada doesn't nearly have as many points and miles card programs as the US, but Amex is quite good to us. Given the low house edge games I am playing, I know my ADT will be fairly low, but I do have a shot at a decent downtown comp if I concentrate my play at one property. If so, how do I do it best? I'm okay with playing $25 a hand blackjacks, perhaps I should up that to $50 or higher, but at a 2k bankroll, that only leaves me with 40 hands at $50. So I might not get close to 4 hours of play or whatever, I know past bets on craps don't give much house edge and I've heard they don't comp at all on odds bets which makes sense. I love playing at the D so perhaps it's worth trying to build some profile with them. Particularly since I'm going to want to check out Circa when it opens. Or at my budget level should I just not worry about the comps, find the best rates and I can and sit at hotels and have a good time as a recreational low roller. So Graham I, you know, if I wanted to stay at Wynn or Encore, I would uh, go the American Express route, uh, the fine hotels and resorts. They've recently changed the food credit that they give to a spa credit, but perhaps your fiance uh, can use that. Uh, but you do generally get a good deal there. There are a lot of people talking about the Wynn slot apps. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's worth your time to look into that, but perhaps for the trips with your fiance, you know, you could score comp rooms. Uh, would not be a, a suite, but I don't know if they have a way to upgrade. I'm, I'm honestly really not familiar with it, but I know that enough people are talking about it that it must hold some water. For your regular trips where you don't have your fiance, a $2,000 bankroll is more than enough to get you treated very well downtown. Mm hmm. Assuming Circa is where you want to be when it opens, I would definitely uh, become known at the D. And it doesn't require a tremendous bankroll to get a hosted relationship there. Feel free to DM me on Twitter at erosenthal1029. I uh, can certainly connect you with a couple of people if you don't know who to speak to. At $25 a hand, I think the, the best deal going is at the plaza. I mean, they, they stayed out, right, $25 a hand, four hours a day, that's your comp room. And a $2,000 bankroll, you should be fine. They deal pretty good games. They've got new updated rooms. 
uh, they've treated us very well. Very well. So, yeah, you know, at that bankroll, I think the plaza is a perfect spot. I think the D is probably a good idea for you if you want to get into Circa with at least some good offers once they open next year. And yeah, I, I probably wouldn't play at all at Encore or Win because you're you're not going to move the needle. Uh, $2,000 bankroll. You know, if you have positive variance, that's great. That might actually, you know, generate something for you. But if you're going to be miserable if you lose two grand, I, I wouldn't do it there. The Wheel of Fortune game that you like, you know, yes, you'll get better offer with slots, but that's because the house edge is that much higher. Correct. They're only they're only giving you back a percentage of what they expect you to lose. And frankly, you have to lose a lot more for a comp at win than you do downtown. If you just pay for the room at win and you get a good rate on it, that's probably the right way to go. Um, I think you'll be even more sour if you lose the two grand at win and you don't get comps on the back end. Yeah. And, you know, reading this email, I... I was reading it and I was like, this guy's on the right track, you know, because we've talked about it plenty of times on the show, especially with me going into Plaza for the first time. What what should my angle be? How should I do this thing? And uh, he hit it on the head. You know, if he's trying to move the needle or just get some attention, just go in and do your thing, you know, do what you're comfortable with. And like myself, if I lose, that's about what I take per trip. If I lose two thousand dollars, that's probably going to make my trip a little sour, you know, so he he was on the right track, and I'm glad you, you hit on that. So, I mean, just, I guess, to expand a little bit more, if you think about the math, your $2,000 bankroll, if you're going to be there, I'm going to assume three days. Yeah. That's really leaving you $700 for the first two days, and if you have nothing left, 600 for the third day. That's not going to get you noticed at Winter Encore. Right. If you were going to go all 2000 the first day, that might move the needle, but then you might be stuck in Vegas with no money. With nothing left. Yep, exactly right. Right. And that's not a fun trip either. No way. So, Have you ever had that happen to you where you, you bust your bankroll super early and then you look around and you don't know what to do? Because I'm pretty conservative, what I usually do, and I had this happen this last trip in AC we had. So I've usually been pretty good. And most of my trips, I usually do a week at a time and that I'm by no means bragging. And I usually try to stretch that two grand. So usually I'll play, you know, a couple hundred at a time and go here, try craps here, try some blackjack here. But this last trip when we were in uh, AC, man, we had, I think it was a Friday night and I was hanging out with our, our two friends, uh, and of course, you know, we're, we're getting a kill at every table, Eric. And I've, I set myself to a limit about 500 max a night, which is, you know, for me, that's, that's a lot. I'm like, okay, that's, that's if I'm getting deep into it. So that night I was already at 500 bucks. And then we got the idea, oh, you know, let's, let's head over to Borgata because one of our friends hadn't checked out Borgata yet. And we went over there and lost another 300 in a matter of, you know, an hour. And so I was already at the point to where I'm like, shit, you know, this sucks, you know, because I've already lost, you know, almost half the bankroll. I've been doing pretty good the first few days of the trip. And I also can't let that leave a sour taste in my mouth. I still have a couple days to go and we're just going to make this work. So at that point, that's when I realized, hey, I think I'm done with the gambling for the night. So I was almost there, but I've never busted myself because, you know me, I'm already pretty pretty much a low roller i i don't think i can get myself to that point to where i have nothing left and i have to hit the atm how about you have you been there so my very first trip to vegas i was 21 years old 
and the name that I knew was Caesar's Palace. <laughs> and at that at that point in time, I had uh, I think I brought five hundred dollars with me. Okay, for like for like a multi day trip, it went and it went fast. Yeah. So I I think we had four nights at Caesar's Palace. I think on day two we were looking around what we could do that wasn't gambling because the bankroll was gone. Wow. And that was that was many moons ago, but yeah. you know, that, that feeling stays with you. You don't you know, the, the disadvantage and we've talked about this on the Better Life a little bit, the disadvantage of Vegas over Atlantic City, like if things go bad, you're you're just there. Yes. Like we're you know, we're we're waiting for an airplane in four days. We can't drive home. Correct. And Atlantic City, if things go bad, you know, I, I might just check out of the room and drive home. Yeah. And it's so, funny, we might have to bring this up again with Kelly the next the next episode because we had an incident where she she went heavy and we started looking for stuff to do, you know? So and I'm pretty sure she'd like to touch up on that one. So again and getting back to it, it's funny, you mentioned the first trip. Our first group trip where I first met you, and I didn't know I met you at that time. <laughs> <laughs> when you were playing the dope? Yeah, yes, against uh-huh, you, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so we had, we had a great night at the D that first night. We won big, right? I, I think I walked away with $2,000 extra, and I took, you know, we, me and Kelly had just hit big in Laughlin. We, we just hit that almost $40,000 jackpot, so... I was playing big, and me and Kelly were playing nonstop every day, all day, and we were there for like five days. Well, night number three, I realized I was already down that two grand that I had won at the D and $4,000 of my own. And that's when mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, you know what? This is, this is not going to be fun, especially if I still have to hang out with friends for the next few days. I got to learn how to, how to contain that and control that. And so ever since then, it was kind of, Oh fuck, Vegas is no joke. You know what I mean? It can go. So you have to learn, like Saul said. You know, you have to learn how to how to contain yourself and you know spread it out right. Or otherwise, you're going to be in for a hell of a trip. So I learned a way to take your mind off of gambling losses in Las Vegas. Strip club. It's actually no. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you if you if you busted your bankroll, strip clubs are probably not the best idea. True. All right. Okay. So you want to get your mind off of losing the money in Vegas. What you do is you get a backpack Uh-oh. and you go into the diamond lounge. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Go ahead. All all of us know. All of a sudden, your gambling losses don't matter quite as much. Yes. Uh, did we get enough content out of the story? Like it's oh, yeah. two years later, so. and we're still referencing it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go back and listen to some of the episodes where somebody wearing a backpack got kicked out of the Diamond Lounge just for being them. So, and it's a good story. So, go back and check it out. And also... That was back in the day when we had half-numbered episodes. Half-number episodes. Wow. Yeah. That that might have been episode number (laughs) (laughs) 1.375. That's great. So, Graham, I hope that answered some of what you're talking about, man, and I hope we helped you out a little bit. Also, Eric, I got a couple little stories I wanted to touch up real quick. So, we told you a little bit about the hot seat that they had going on at a local casino. Well, last Friday, they had their last hot seat event, and me and Kelly decided, you know, we're going to go see if maybe we can, you know, well, 
previously, the last three times, we we really did have fun between the pit bosses and the people playing. We're like, you know, this is still a good time. Let's go. It's worth it. You know, let's just go. Well, well, like me, always playing low limits. We decided to go, and it turns out people were there early that last Friday because people had started hearing about it more and more. So that the tables were filled. There's 19 spots, and me and Kelly got stuck on, so it's two-sided. There's blackjack and roulette on one side where the dealer is, and then on the other side, there's a dealer doing two games of Baccarat. So we got stuck on the Baccarat side, and we're like, man, this is not going to be as fun. So we actually asked the pit boss, hey, if you get a chance and two seats open up over there next to each other, let us know we'll go over on that side because we want to see the blackjack dealer and you know have fun over there. And she's like, okay, no problem. So two seats opened up. We went from seat 16 and 17 to 2 and 3, and then, so two and three is kind of side of the big screen to where you can't even see the blackjack dealer deal. So two spots open up straight ahead. So me and Kelly get in seat five and six. You know, we're playing and we're having a good time. But little side note is the whole time that this event was going on, I was seating, seating in, six num- er, in seat number eight. And so lo and behold, this lady who I was sitting to all three weeks... She had her son there, so she was reserving the seat for him. Guess what number got called randomly the very first call of somebody winning $250 in free play? Oh, that's got to be Kelly's seat. No, it was actually number eight. So my old seat got the and won the 250 and I'm like, son of a bitch, right? And so I let it go, and I'm like, okay, whatever. 30 minutes later, we're playing, and I get this phone call, and I'm on, I'm on the phone. We're playing. Boom, they call seat number six, and I was sitting in number six. So I'm like, I hang up the phone, I'm like, hell yeah, right? Everybody starts cheering. I go, it only took four weeks. And so we're laughing and joking it off. 30 minutes later, Kelly gets called, seat number five. We both hit $250 in free play. So with that happening, I wanted to ask you, if you were given $250 in free play, and you had your choice of slots or chips for table games, how would you use it? It depends on the chip. So uh, Mark and Dr. Mike from You Can Bet On That talk about this. That I think they covered it on a recent episode. It depends on the promotional chips that they're giving you. If they stay until you lose, meaning a winning bet, they don't take it and replace it with a real chip. Yeah. Um, they let it stay out there and pay it with a real chip. Then I would go chips. Okay. But more often than not, promotional chips are play, you know, wager one time, and if you win, then they just pay you with a real chip. And that's really only giving you 50% value and yes. slightly less than 50% value, in which case I would take slot play. Okay. So, of course, right. Kelly being Kelly took the slot play, and mm-hmm. I was going with chips. So, Kelly, she knew she was going to go and she played, she knew she was going to go and play video poker. I knew I was going to play either free bet or some variation of blackjack. So I'm sitting there and I contemplated for like 15, 20 minutes. What should I play? What what do I have the best chance at? Do I go with, you know, regular blackjack? Do I go with free bet Spanish? Do I go, you know, what 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 should I what should my move be here? And I was actually going to post on Twitter, "Hey, what if you guys had this opportunity, how would you use it and what would be our best bet?" So I actually checked with Kelly. Kelly ended up getting hers up to $600 in uh, slot play. So she did walk out, you know, with a little extra money. So 
I actually took mine and went to a regular blackjack that had the matching side bet. So it was kind of like a Spanish, but it still had the tens in the deck. I thought, you know, maybe this is going to be my best bet. I bought in for 50 bucks cash for myself. So again, and it's funny you said that, you know, the winning chips just sit there. You're only getting 50% of your win. I took $50 out to just play. And then I'd use the promotional chips on the side bets. So I ended up walking away at the end of everything, at the end of the shoe. And I told the dealer and the dealer's like, oh, you got the, you hit the, the hot seat, huh? I was like, yeah, man, I was looking forward to it. Let's play. Let's see how we do. You know, if I win, you win. Of course, that's what I always say. If I'm winning, you're winning. That's just the way this works. So I only kept the promotional play on the side bets, which, you know, not very good, but could be very good if it works out. So mm-hmm. everything was working out well. By the time the shoe was done, I turned that 250 free play into just about 350 in cash. So I hit a couple matches. I won a few hands. And like, like, you, got, like you just mentioned, I kept regular casino chips in the betting on the hand and only use them on the side bets. So if it was if I was hitting matches, I was getting a little back and not just getting half the bet. So I was I was curious on, you know, what your approach would have been with that and I thought, "Hey, you know what? How can I get most of this money back going into it?" You know? So that that's that was one question I had lined up for you and I know Kelly, she was like excited because she's like, "Well, let's see if I can actually hit something on VP and turns out she did. She got her four aces and then put some back in, like she said. But I wouldn't expect anything else. So, so were they the kind that they took win or lose? If it won, it stayed. They only took so it if it, it lost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, I mean, I would have taken chips also yes. in that scenario. Um, and it's interesting that they let you play it on the bonus because a lot of times they only allow promotional chips on even money bets. Interesting. So yeah, yeah. So okay. um, that that. Those were pretty uh, pretty liberal rules for promotional play. Yeah. So that's good. I'm glad you won. Thank yeah, you, that man. That worked out nicely. I'm glad it worked out too. Hell yeah, because I was stressing <laughs> there for a minute. I was like, what, what, should my, what should my angle be here? Yeah, so uh, also I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you caught it this past couple of weeks, but Vegas was swarmed by grasshoppers. I'm sure you saw. And it was... Oh, I, I saw, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody and their mother saw, but it was funny because when you were looking at radar pictures over nevada you can see all the green grass the green things which are the grasshoppers but circus circus looked like it got it the worst they were cleaning the place and it looked like the damn place was getting a renovation there were so many grasshoppers on the walls that when they were cleaning them off the gold would actually come back out so it actually looked like you know a new place again so i thought that was pretty funny and another question i have for gross yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty gross. Well, I saw. I'm sorry, good. There was a lady on Facebook who was like, "There's so many grasshoppers. I don't know if it's worth going on my trip to Vegas." And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, "You're gonna let grasshoppers stir you away from Vegas? No way." But another question I had for you is, so have you ever been overcharged for something with room service? Yeah, I think every time you order room service, you're overcharged. <laughs> Well, that's funny because a well-known hip-hop artist, Iggy Azalea, a.k.a. Yeah. Miss Fancy, had ordered a grilled mm-hmm. cheese at the casino she was staying at, and it was just as fancy as her, as she was charged $54 for this grilled cheese sandwich and posted on Twitter, I'm going to report my card stolen, lol. But to make matters worse, she was charged an extra $10 for plastic silverware and again went on social media saying, you gotta love scammers. So that fancy grilled cheese ran her just about sixty-five dollars. 
so uh, I did see this on Twitter, yeah. and I I actually mentioned this to a friend who was shocked I even knew who Iggy Azalea was. <laughs> um, uh, and I I mean I know she's a singer, right? Yeah. But I don't I, I couldn't name a song of hers with a gun to my head. I mean, I'm sure she was joking, but if you're going to report your credit card stolen, probably don't post it on Twitter first. <laughs> I guess I guess that would be the uh, the first thing. Was it Aria? Do you remember I, I, where I, it was? I'm pretty sure it was Aria, yes. I, I thought it was Aria, right? So, I mean, that's a little crazy. $54 for grilled cheese and another $10 for silverware that you really don't need with grilled cheese. I mean... <laughs> It's, yeah, it's obscene. I mean, there are, in resorts, you expect to get popped a little bit. Yes. Right? Like, everything's going to be more than it should be. And if you're on the strip, you expect to be popped a little bit more. <laughs> at at some point, like, enough is enough. But my, my question would be, every time I've ordered room service, the price has been posted right next to it. Yes. It's, it's a menu, right? Did she not see the charge? Can I have my chili Fritos? Can't have shit. I'm cold, fat boy. They give me my money back. Mama. Mama! Hey. How about uh, the owner of Evil Pie? Oh, yes. I'm glad you brought going. this up. I'm so glad you brought this up. Go ahead. I believe firmly that the owners of businesses that have negative reviews posted on there should be able to respond and clarify <laughs> because sometimes people are just unreasonable. This guy was completely without class. I, like, I'm not going to go to Evil Pie. And you know what? Uh, there was another one earlier in the week at Frank's Tiki mm -hmm. where the owner, I think, went to you know, maybe maybe the person who left a review was completely in the wrong. Yeah. 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 When you're defending your business, you have to handle yourself with enough class that you're not going to turn other people away. Right. I want I want nothing to do with either of those places. Yeah, now. I 100 percent agree. And if you guys don't know what Eric is talking about, there is a review of this customer who went to Evil Pie. He says, it was horrible service. I came here Saturday night and the line was so long. Once I ordered my pizza, I had to wait an extra 45 minutes. The pickup was disappointing and very unorganized. When I got my pizza, I was disappointed in the lack of flavor. I won't be back here again. And this is where it gets interesting. The owner now, wait, 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 wait. Before you get into the owner. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I just want to mention... I didn't hear anything there where the customer who left a poor review went out of his way to be insulting right. or right. to right? Like he stated his opinion of yep. what happened. And my experience of evil pie, the pizza was pretty good, but it, it took a long time to get pizza that wasn't amazing. Yes. So, uh, you know, I kind of feel like this customer in particular whether their view is accurate or not, it was handled at least respectfully while providing a negative review. 100%. I agree with you. And all this guy okay. was doing is leaving his experience for people, which is, again, this guy's an elite member. He obviously goes to a lot of places and does this frequently. Well, here's what the owner replied with. 
It's a ti- it's a scientific fact that men with small penises leave Yelp reviews. <laughs> way to handle yourself. I mean, just way to put yourself. And and it's funny because our buddy Scott from Vital Vegas posted this on Twitter and it got a lot of reaction. A lot of people are just simply from this from this post where like I'm probably not going to be visiting there, you know? So I mean again, if this is how you carry yourself and this is the way you approach, you know, reviews, it's really not going to be good for business in the long run. And that's not going to say, you know, this place isn't closed down or anything. It's just it's not the way you handle the situation. There was just no reason to go there. And you know, I mean, I, I can only imagine that uh, it's a scientific fact that people who leave responses like that also have a small penis. And <laughs> the, I, I don't even know where to go with this. Like, no, I hear you. The, it, it, you suck. I, I don't know. Just it was a poor business decision. And uh, not not that I was beating down their door for food anyway, but I'm. Um, not going back yep i agree with you i'm not interested as well so again i'm glad you brought that up brother i really am again this has been fun my friend awesome again we hope you guys enjoyed the episode again kelly was here for half of it when we got our interview in with saul they had she had to go take care of some stuff so again if you enjoyed the show do us a huge favor leave us a review on itunes any of your favorite platforms Again, if you're enjoying it, if you got questions, topics, or anything you'd like to send to us, you can do it at the email. It's vegasconfessionspod at gmail.com. Or simply just give us some feedback on Twitter. We're always on Twitter, Facebook. There's a Facebook group. But Twitter seems to get a lot more attention and a lot more people are on there. So again, if you guys are interested in getting some blackjack strategy cards, again, that follows up with the reviews on iTunes. Help spread the word about the show. I personally will send you some Vegas Confessions cards with blackjack strategy charts on the back. Again, this has been a blast, brother. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Look forward to doing it again soon. Until next time, my friend, cheers. Cheers. Now you can look the word up again and again But the dictionary doesn't know the meaning of friends And if you ask me, you know I couldn't be much help Because a friend's somebody you judge for yourself Some are okay and they treat you real cool And some mistake your kindness for being the fool We like to be with some because they're funny Others come around when they need some money Some you grew up with around the way And you're still real close to this very day Homeboys through the summer, winter, spring and fall and then there's some we wish we never knew at all And this list goes on again and again But these are the people that we call friends When we first
wasn't out together, we barely knew each other We had no intentions on becoming lovers But in no time at all, you became my girl Me and you, one-on-one, -on -one against the world Talking on the telephone for hours at a time And else I was at your house, or you was at mine And then came the arguments and all kinds of problems Besides making love, we had nothing in common It couldn't last longer, cause it started out strong But I guess we went about the whole thing wrong Cause out of nowhere, it just came to an end Because we became lovers before we were friends That she shook your hand, she stole your man And it was done so sweet, it had to be a plan Couldn't trust her with cheese, let alone your keys With friends like that, you don't need enemies You wonder how long it was all going on And you're still not sure if your gladiator is gone You say, well, if she took him, he was never mine But deep inside, you know that's just another lie And now you're kind of cold towards people you meet Cause of something that was done to you by some creep But nevertheless, I'll say it again That these are the people that we call friends Friends How many of us 